uh, another accomplishment I got through that section. So I'm going to take another drink of coffee, a drink of coffee. And now we're going to be covering a little bit more on the mud flood in Charleston. I did this uh, presentation over a year ago now. And I've, of course, when I give the, when I originally gave the presentation, I didn't form it into paper. I wrote it afterwards. I highly recommend the paper is much better than my original presentation. I highly go, uh, recommend going back and reading that. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna just cover Fort Sumter. For those of you who come here to Charleston, I really like to take people out to the uh, the Battery and showing people you can see it without binoculars. You can see Fort Sumter. And um, I, I, I'm still, you know, trying to figure out in my heart, in my mind, and logically what happened with the Civil War. Was the Civil War just one big fake Masonic ceremony? Obviously, I don't know. I wasn't there. There's, there's, I, I, I can see it going both ways. I am, however, fully convinced that Fort Sumter, when it blew in on April 12th, 1861, was a total ceremony all right and you'll see what as i as i talk about this that i just i got some new information from an eyewitness um uh, or a yeah a witness testimony and as to somebody who was there when it happened and it was fake so let's just get right into this so this is some good stuff i really want to share this with you guys on April 12th, 1861, there was a lot of boom, boom, boom going on in Charleston Harbor and nobody died. They could have at least faked the numbers as they so often do. Nobody would question a hundred casualties with names like Jedediah Smith or Henry Jones, even if they were invented. The only mortal injury happened afterwards during a 100 gun salute, a certain Private Daniel Q. It is not an accident by any means that Fort Sumter resides on the northern 33rd parallel. The Civil War began with the lowering of the American flag at Fort Sumter on April 14th, 1861 by Robert Anderson. When I checked, Anderson was a Freemason. He would even go on to be knighted in New York City the following year, uh, 1862. Then again, PGT Beauregard fired upon Sumter from the Confederate end of the operation. He was a highly ranked Freemason, having only recently been knighted. Uh, like 1860 or 61-ish. If only I were making this up. The person who aimed the cannon that fired the first return shot in answer to the Confederate bombardment was somebody by the name of Abner Doubleday. If you guessed he was a Freemason, then you would be correct. Doubleday later became president of American Theosophy when Helena Blavatsky and Henry Steele um, Alcott moved to India. Eventually, he invented the found he was he. Uh, he invented baseball. The war ended four years later when Anderson raised the American flag over Fort Sumter on April 14, 1865. Abraham Lincoln was shot at Ford's Theater by John Wilkes Booth that very night, April 14th. The Civil War was like one big flamboyant Freemason convention. So here's the update right here. Nobody died. Not a single amputation not even a paper cut, but then the Civil War illustrators have the audacity to draw cartoons such as this one. How dare they? The scene is within Fort Sumter, and what do we see happening? 
cannonballs are flying about with as much vigor as snotty-nosed children in the Chuck E. Cheese ball pit, which, by the way, the unfortunately, Chuck E. Cheese ball pits have been eliminated in this generation. I'm seeing an ammunition, uh, ammunitions explosion on stage left, and quite separately, a cannonball is landing some three feet from the officer's legs. They should be ripped to shreds from all that flying debris. On closer inspection, the entire ground is littered with cannonballs and no carnage is accounted for. And then we have Confederate perspectives like this one. Mm -hmm. That's a genuine artillery explosion st stage right. And is that? No, it can't be. It is a body, a dead as a doornail Confederate corpse, limbs tangled up like pretzel and everything. What is wrong with this propaganda artist? Did he not get the memo? No Freemasons were hurt in their little Civil War reenactment ceremony. I can't, I can't even. FYI, the reason for this update has little to do with Civil War cartoon propagandists. That was just an added bonus. In reality, it has everything to do with a phone conversation I held yesterday with Andrew Linkies. Don't know him. You should. We were uh, shooting the breeze, casually talking about a great many things, like the mud flood and the millennial kingdom and, and the moon map, as well as the greater realm, when the subject of the fake civil war came up, as it so often does in these situations. Turns out Andrew Lenkes helped to edit his grandmother's memoirs before she died. And in her memoir, she wrote about her grandfather, a veteran of the American Civil War. And this is the story that he told. Let's see, I, I should be able to read this. But when Tommy came over there, I was 20 years old. Now keep in mind, this is his grandmother writing his memoirs. Uh, she's 20 years old at this point, and she's talking about a grandfather. Tommy is not her grandfather. Tommy's her friend. I was 20 years old, and Tommy was 20 years old. He said, let's go do something. He started talking to my grandfather. He hadn't ever met anybody that had fought in the Civil War, so he paid no attention to me. I was furious. He sat there and listened to my grandfather tell stories about the Civil War. When the Civil War started, everybody ran down on the battery, that's what would be in Charleston, to see Fort Sumter shoot at Fort Woolsey. The cannonball rolled just like a soccer ball, and everybody got out of the way. Ooh, the war started, they all said. A cannonball goes by. Those cannonballs absolutely didn't hurt anybody. They were useless. There were a stack of cannonballs down there on the battery. They're just like, like a ball. My grandfather went down to watch the war start. Tommy just loved listening to him talk about the Civil War. I left Charleston in 32 when I graduated. I got married in 33, and then my grandfather died in 37. He was 95 when he died. My mother died at 93. So, so again, he's basically... Andrew's grandfather, uh, grandmother, excuse me, was a, uh, a resident of Charleston. She was born there, grew up there until she uh, got married. Uh, no, when she graduated in 1932 and left and got married. But her, but her family, her grandfather, were all there in Charleston going back to Civil War before and it is what it is there. The Civil War officially began in Charleston Harbor. That's where Andrew Lanky's second great-grandfather happened to be on April 12th. 1861. The artillery started projecting cannonballs and everybody managed to step out of the way. 
A standard Civil War cannonball weighed 12 pounds. They traveled at 250 miles per hour. It was a it was nighttime when this happened. Lighting was at a minimal. Go ahead and tell me you were perfectly capable of stepping out of the way, especially if you're a woman eager to see the start of the war and wearing your sun your Sunday best Dixie dress, complete with a corset. But that's not how Lanky's second great-grandfather described the incident. He likened the cannonballs employed by Major Anderson as a ball, a soccer ball, a completely useless, useless ball that managed to roll by without hurting anybody. Nobody to me, or it sounds to me like a sporting event. I've seen people with greater injuries in soccer. No wonder after Doubleday later thought of inventing baseball as a Masonic ceremony for the vulgar seated in the stands. He was probably inspired by the cries of, we, the war has begun, among the uninitiated. The memoirs of Andrew Lanky's grandmother just goes to highlight how many oral traditions such as this one may have been lost forever to the ages. And keep in mind, they're, they're residents of Charleston. There is nothing new under the sun, and the media was never set up to tell their eyewitness perspective. What we're actually reading is the classic headache-inducing case of cognitive dissonance. How many Civil War contemporaries observed a Masonic ceremony such as this one, but then believed the newspapers anyways? Now I ask, I'm not going to read the rest of this report. Uh, we'll just skip ahead for lack of time. We'll jump to page 42. But... Uh, Andrew and I were talking and I asked him, hey, can I can I share this story? He's like, absolutely, please. This needs to be shared with the world. And we were, we were talking about this and going, how many of these quote unquote Civil War battles were really, uh, you know, just troops being positioned, moved around. And yeah, they would burn down villages and do other things like that. But then they would go off and do these, uh, these you know, they would act this stuff out and there would be people actually they would go the, the 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 citizens would go and watch them act out these battles and they would you know they would be there in their wagons and their their children and their sunday best and they would go and look at this stuff and it's just like that's a really weird battle situation and um yeah so we were just discussing like how much of this was actually real and how much of it was fake we, we just really don't know but right there there's testimony to my instincts and what I had already concluded that Fort Sumter was a fake ceremony. Nobody died. It was all staged. Yeah, they really, you know, blew up the the uh, the the fort out there, the Star Fort. But you know, in a, in such a way that nobody was there to get hurt.